deal. Well, Paul, I'm excited to speak to you because I told Joe I'm an old school fanball guy. Yes. Um, I, I am. So yeah. back in the day, 2001 to like 2004-ish, in that range, every day, fanball was the only source for like real-time information of who to start, who to sit. Should I start Lamont Jordan today? I need to know. <laughs> 15 minutes. 15 minutes to kick off. He's going to be my flex. What can I do? And the only place I'd be able to go is to you'd click the little accordion style layout, yeah. like a new style verb, and then it would be like a recommendation. And each, each update was probably 100 words, 75 words maybe. Yes. But it was absolutely vital to me as a fantasy player because the smartphone wasn't what it is now. And uh, I have fond memories of fanball, so we're stoked to talk to you today. That's awesome. I'm glad you're an old school fanball guy. That's uh, that's great. And you know, back then, it, it, there really weren't there were fractionally as many content solutions. We had the biggest content staff uh, at the time. You know, we had like 12, 14 writers, something like that, and that was kind of unheard of. And so we really prided ourselves on all the content that we had. And you know, and, and even then, we had commissioner products and we had contests. We had a lot of other stuff too. But content's just foundational to the business. And so when we relaunched Fanball now. The first thing we did was staff up our content. I mean, you can do everything else you want, but you still have to have great content. And that's that's just, again, it's just foundational to any fantasy site, in my mind, is giving people the information they need to make the best decisions that they can. Absolutely. Joe, you got anything? No, no, you're the one. You said you were <laughs> such a big fan from way back. So reminisce a little bit. I am. <laughs> well, it's... And Fanball definitely had a direct uh, correlation to me winning a few titles, Paul. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, well, then that you know, that is a tipping situation, Paul. I mean, you know, <laughs> don't don't feel like you you know don't feel like you can't PayPal me. It's yeah, and it, fantasy is like a, an informational battle. The guy with the most information is generally going to win. It's um like it's really helpful. You know, it if you wind the clock back far enough, it, it was. It was so hard to get good information from, say, 32 NFL teams, and you know now you know, the barriers have all gotten all gotten down. It's, it's easier and easier to get good information, but we also have so many more tools and analytics, and it's you know it's now gotten to the point where it's almost like information overload. There's so much information available, you got to sort of pick. All right, I'm going to go with you know these people and these tools rather than every possible you know scenario that's that could ever be out there is it's just there's so much information and so many experts and so many content sites so i i think right. now we've almost gone to the other way where at first there was there just wasn't enough information now there's so much you have to be you have to pick and choose who you're going to go with and who you trust right <laughs> it's true um one other thing i'm really excited about too paul after seeing all your updates over the years on fanball i'm still stoked not your last name. It's been bothering me for years. Charchian. <laughs> you know, Armenians, it's always hard. <laughs> it's, you know, it, you, can, you can always tell the Armenians. They're the guys with a really tough name to say that ends in I-A-N. Uh, Kim Kardashian and I, uh, sadly, we have, we're related. So when she always tries to date me, you know, it's like, you know, somewhere in the, in the, the bloodline, we, you know, we're related. So I gotta, I always tell Kim we can't do it. <laughs> All right, Paul. That's listen, why your career is taken off. Get out of here, eighty. Uh, let's get down to business. Let's get down to business here. Uh, Charchian, yeah. give me some. Uh, give me some names this year in the first round. Give me a guy that should. 
hasn't been in the first round that's going in the first round this year? Somebody that does not belong in the first round? Uh, I meant to say somebody somebody that hasn't been there before that is now jumping up to the first round. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Um, yeah, you know, there, there are always guys that – a couple of thoughts. First is biggest offseason problem that people have and mistake that owners make is that they relive last season. And so they go, all right, well, here are your top 12 guys from last year. So, you know, the top 12 guys for this year are obviously going to be the same 12. And people can't get by other scenarios when obviously, you know, life experience tells us that it's always going to be different. But, man, it's hard to break that habit of just thinking, like, everything's just going to repeat itself, you know, year in and year out. And, you know, life just isn't that isn't that simple for, you know, for better or worse. And so the guy that's um, the guy that's perhaps in the first round that is going to be new this season, and uh, there's going to be several. I mean, Melvin Gordon was not – it was a seventh rounder last season. And, you know, now he's going to – he's much closer to you know, a first-round pick, and he will be a first-round pick. Um you know, the receiver positions always can got the continuity. It's the running backs that are the different names every season. You know, the first rounder that I'm fascinated by that's not going in the first round, I think should, at the end of the first round, is Marshawn Lynch. Nobody really? loves Marshawn. His ADP is like 19 at running back. And I think he, I, I think there's a very real scenario he plays 16 games and he ends up being a, uh, a top five running back this season. And this he's probably the guy I'm out on a limb on the most is is Marshawn Lynch. And I, I know a lot of people don't see it that way. I do. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, nobody does, right? Yeah. This, I'm totally – I'm all alone on this. Everybody assumes he's too old and he's too victory <laughs> prone. I see it as this is the best offense he's ever been in. I see it as Latavius Murray, a guy who was so bad his team didn't even try to keep him. They they are they didn't even they didn't even try to re-sign him. They just kicked him to the curb even before Lynch was signed. They said we want nothing to do with Murray. Latavius Murray, a top 15 fantasy back last season because of all the goal line carries. You know all the goal line stuff's going right back to Marshawn Lynch. He's going to be the bell cow in an elite offense. I love Marshawn Lynch. You know, not only was he not a first rounder last year, he wasn't even drafted last year. Obviously, not playing football. Right. Uh, there we go, eighty. I'm I'm on the board with a question. Get a get a real question in. Look at you with your fantasy knowledge, Joe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, the good news is is I'm in a fantasy league against Joe, and oh, I love good. hearing love hearing that he has no idea what's going on. <laughs> I hope and it's high stakes. I'm also. Yeah. <laughs> right. I love hearing what you're saying about because that was one of my questions I was going to ask you. I've done. Fox, and he seems to be forgotten about at this point going round or something um you talked about latavius murray who you know is basically like a dead man they didn't do anything to retain him ends up with your vikings what do, you do with dalvin cook yeah i love dalvin cook i think latavius murray if it weren't for the vikings signed latavius murray before they had any idea that dalvin cook would be a possibility for them in the draft and when they signed Murray, they gave him enough. They gave him a fair amount of guaranteed money. He's going to be on the team, but I think he's going to be not really consequential. With the possibility, the only possibility being maybe Latavius Murray's your goal line guy. Dalvin Cook was fine at the goal line in college, but not necessarily built for it in the pros. Maybe he's maybe he still gets those carries, maybe not. But Cook is setting himself up for a gigantic season, orienting the entire running game around him. 
He will be your week one starter. He will be a three-down back because he's, he's a very, very good pass-catching back as well. And Devlin Cook's going to touch the ball 300-ish times this season. He's sitting on a very good PPR season, a lot of receptions. The only knocks on him, really, he's not a great pass blocker and may not be the goal line guy, but we can still work around that. He's my uh, he's my 21st-ranked running back right now, and I, I'm – I'm a, I'm confident the Vikings are going to use him copiously this year. Uh, what about a awesome. rookie? What about a rookie that could have a? We're not saying Zeke numbers, but where's uh, where's the rookie class besides Cook? It's a it's an extraordinarily deep class for running backs. There's a bunch of guys you can go get. Leonard Fournette is the obvious one, first running back taken in the draft, fourth overall. Great opportunity in Jacksonville. Christian McCaffrey has got a, a nice opportunity as well in Carolina. You know, Joe Mixon's going to be a fascinating uh, boom yeah. or bust guy for fantasy owners. He's extraordinarily talented, but he'll be playing behind possibly the worst offensive line in football in Cincinnati. They lost both of their tackles in the offseason. The guys that are coming in behind him at tackle aren't proven. So Joe Mixon's going to be a, a great case study as well. I love Kareem Hunt. The Kansas City running back, who I think will just flat out. He's the best back. I think sooner or later he just beats out Spencer Ware. And the only question is when. And then there's a bunch of just positional battles for guys that were taken later. Does Dante Foreman and Houston end up winning that job in time? Does uh, Samaj P. Ryan end up winning in Washington? That could end up happening at some point. So there's there's a bunch of other scenarios here as well where where some other depth guys at running back could be could be end up being good players too. But um, Kareem Hunt to me is you know, really, really fascinating. I'm, I'm, I loved his skill set. Now, I, Joe, did you see a bunch of Kareem Hunt? Yes, a ton of Kareem Hunt. A what ton. do you think? He's durable. <laughs> yeah, he's he's built to he he's got the frame. He's durable and he he's productive, constantly productive. So for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean Kansas City's line, Kareem Hunt. There you go, Paul eighty. Get on that Kareem Hunt bandwagon. Uh, I'm in Chiefs territory here. These, these guys love the Chiefs up here. They don't know what, what sense to make of it. I'm actually glad to hear your thoughts on the Bengals' backfield, Paul, because that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. Is is there any Does Jeremy Hill have any value anymore? No. Uh-huh. I don't think so. I mean, a little bit. You know, situational goal line use, that's about it. They they. You know they they went after Mixon, traded up to go get him. This this is a this is going to be their guy. And he, he looked fantastic in OTAs and minicamp. I think they know what they got in Jeremy Hill, and they're not that impressed. The only the only good thing here, you know, out of that whole that whole Bengals backfield probably is um, at least you have some clarity now on what had been a pretty murky situation for a lot of years. And I do believe we're going to have better. Uh, more concise use now with with Mixon as the clear number one. We're not going to have to worry about any of the other Cincinnati backs, really. And, you know, Giovanni Bernard, God bless him, but coming off, what, a week 15 ACL, I don't think he's going to be a factor. No, it it almost seems like with the Bengals, as I watch them all the time, is that they can can get a guy production for two years, three years, and then they just move on. So Bernard's pretty much burnt out, right? Well... Good back, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah, good back. It's just uh, you know ACL. He's he's probably a year away from being being right, and Joe Mixon's just playing better. Right. Uh, go um, ahead, Paul. I know you have more questions. Paul, Jonathan Stewart gone so late. Uh, that was Jonathan Stewart. You're talking about? 
Yeah, why is Jonathan Stewart going so late? He's unquestioned, number one. I mean, you're going to get some McCaffrey touches in there. Nobody's going to take anything of the goal line, right? I mean, why is he so late? Uh, People are bored of him, right? It's, you know, we like the new shiny guys. We like the, you know, we want to be the smart ones that figured out Christian McCaffrey ahead of everybody else. And I've got Jonathan Stewart at running back 28. He's going at running back 50. I mean, people are just totally writing him off. You're exactly right, Paul. It's ridiculous that that's that's the case. He's still the goal line back. And keep in mind, after Cam Newton got that goal line concussion, roughly the middle of last season, he wasn't getting goal line carries either. So Stewart's going to be a good. He's going. He's still going to get. He will still probably lead the team in carries. He will certainly lead the team in rushing touchdowns. And he's going way, way underdrafted. I'm. I'm with you on this. I think it's a great opportunity for him. Another uh, buy low, low guy, Randall Cobb. People are scared of him, too. Yeah, that was Randall Cobb you were just saying? Yeah, sorry about the reception here. Randall Cobb. Okay. I'm seeing you know, he's going so late, and I'm not, he's not a number one target. But when you consider where, where the depth is at the point where you can get him, I mean, I'm surprised that how late he's being taken as well. Yeah, Randall, I mean, he's being drafted, I think he's right around running back 50, or sorry, wide receiver 50. That's that's pretty low for a guy who's going to catch passes from Aaron Rodgers, right? Um, I think the the concern that people are going to have is it's ball distribution, the fact that he doesn't score as many touchdowns as we want him to, but he has in the past put up good fantasy seasons. And you're going to get a Aaron Rodgers target super, super late, which is, you know, always got some value to it. I think I, I worry myself. I think Martellus Bennett's going to soak up a lot of red zone goal line stuff. Not that that always went to Cobb anyway, but I just think I think there's a tight end out there who's going to take a, take touchdowns away from some other players in this offense. Cobb, Cobb being one of them. But you're right that he's he's certainly underdrafted. I'm, I'm with you on that, Paul. All right, uh, one thing that all these fantasy guys want to know, and because they love him, is Gronk. What can we expect from Gronk. Gronk? Yeah, I love Gronk. I've been like, I've been the guy that's been, hey, go take Gronk in the first round of your drafts the last couple of years. And la- two years ago, I looked brilliant. Last year, I looked like an idiot. Here's the <laughs> deal. I mean, you know, you every player can get hurt, and Gronk's got a bigger history of that than everybody else. And I, I totally get that. But guys. He's the sort of player who wins your league because you have him. There aren't that many guys like that. If you're going to get 12, 14 games out of Gronk, the chance of him helping you win a league is so high. There just aren't many players that you can say, man, if he's just, you know, if he stays healthy, this guy is going to go win me my league. Gronk's that big of a difference maker because he can be, you can get double the production at the tight end position that most people are getting when you've got Gronk. And that's, to me, that's still that still makes him the best tight end to take. I, I know the safety angle is Travis Kelsey, um, but I, I I'd rather have Gronk and just roll the dice and see if I win my league because I got the right guy. Quarterbacks, right. where are we headed? David Carr. I love Carr, but the quarterback position is everybody's waiting on quarterbacks. It's deep, deep, deep at quarterback. You can you can find really good quarterbacks in the ninth and tenth rounds. Philip Rivers and. You're able to get uh, Eli Manning and Dak Prescott and you know, just you Matt Ryan or guys. These guys are going eighth, ninth, tenth round, and they're good, good quarterbacks. So, guys, you know, I think that the real trend this year is waiting on quarterbacks. 
And then Marcus Mariota's value has just gone through the roof. Look at yes. all the wide receiver additions that they've made. Yes. They drafted Corey Davis right. in the first round. They added Eric Decker. I mean, just talk about found money. Eric Decker's a damn good player, and he's young, and they just did found him. You know, so you, you look at all the things that they've added, um, and everybody feels like that Titans offense is ready to take off and have way more balance than last year's run first version. Mariota went through a streak of, I don't know, you, he had multiple touchdowns, like eight straight games, and then he broke his leg. And, you know, he was already good last year, and now this year everybody likes him even better. Yeah, we, we I don't have the stats in front of me, but that uh, AFC South is just offense pretty much just shootout every game, right? Well, there aren't a lot of great defenses there, right? Including yeah. the Titans. So you know, that helps. Yeah. So you got yeah. a lot of you have a lot of teams that have much better offenses than defenses. And so, you know, all all of that rolls together in to, to make for a ton of shootouts. You know, look at you know, the Colts are exactly the same way. So yeah. Yeah, no defense in Indy. Go ahead, Paul. Did I did I say David Carr? Man, that was bad. Yeah, you did, and I just snicked. I saw you. We let it. We, we rolled with that. That's yeah. no problem. I've done it. I've done it many times. They're showing our age, it's right? Showing. It's horrible. Yes. It's horrible. Yeah. Go ahead, Tuck eighty. And Joe, everyone can see it. What's that? Uh, <laughs> Paul, simple question. Simple question. Mark Ingram or Adrian Peterson? I'm here in Minnesota. You know, we're a little jaded on how things ended with Adrian, uh, but we saw an astounding player for a long time. The problem is we haven't seen him look like himself in three years, and wow. so. I, you know, even two years ago when he led the NFL in, in rushing yards, I'm telling you, the eye test said he wasn't the same guy. You've got all the fumbling issues. I'm going to stick with the known quantity, the guy that knows that offense, a guy that can be on the field on third down. That's Mark Ingram. So I'm going to stick with Ingram on this. And maybe Adrian could easily prove us wrong, right? He, he, how many? He proved the whole world wrong when he came back from the ACL injury. He loves having a chip on his shoulder. He's got it right now. He gets to see the Vikings in the opener. He gets an instant taste of revenge. You know, maybe they give him yeah. 30 carries just to, you know, stick it down the Vikings' throat. Um, right. But I'm telling you, guys, he just he's not the same guy. He just hasn't looked the same to me in years. And I don't know that he's a special back anymore. So I'm I'm playing the safe route. I'm going with Mark Ingram. How about you feel any differently? You know, I, it's the same scenario that you mentioned. You know, I'm, a, I'm an AP guy. Um, that year in 2012, or when he won the MVP, amazing. Um, his handshake is amazing. I tested him several different times, and it's like a vice grip. And I, he's just such a likable guy. Um, he is. He is and, a likable guy. You know, and, and as a bear, he shredded us. Every time we'd play you guys, he would just go ape. <laughs> Uh, did. I actually had, I had season tickets to the Vikings game, uh, Vikings rather, uh, his rookie season. So I got to see him set the, the ru- uh, rushing record mark against the Chargers. I got to see wow. it. Wow. Unbelievable player. So um, I love AP. He's just a beast. Yeah, for sure. And you, you funny, quick story on the handshake. Yeah. So I'm interviewing him once on radio, and uh, it's at training camp. He gets off the field, comes up to where we're doing radio. And so, you know, he comes in, so not thinking. You know, you greet him, shake hands. Oh, geez, my hand. Thing Interview goes, you know, it's 12 minutes or whatever. It ends. He gets up. So what do you do when somebody gets up? Instinctively put out my hand. We shake hands again, and he's just looking me right in the eye, and he's like, "You idiot!" He just and he even harder gives me the squeeze even harder, right? And then unfortunately, we end up chit chatting through the commercial break. 
Five minutes goes by, and now he's really leaving. What do I do? Stick out the hand again. And he's, <laughs> and he's like, that nobody's ever been dumb enough to do this three times. Bang. And he just he slaps the hardest grip of the three on me at the end. Yeah. Know, hand just, it's all bruised and mangled. And yeah. So I'm the idiot who shook hands with him three times in the span of 15 minutes. You know, it's interesting, Paul, because I had the exact same experience. I shook his hand three times at the ESPY Awards when he, uh, after he'd won the MVP. And the I went up to him and I said, I've got to test that handshake. Shook it. It was okay. We stood there and talked for a while. About two minutes later, I'm like, AP, let me test it again. Got about 10% harder. And then we talked for like 15 minutes. He was just a cool guy. And then the crowd kind of assembled and I shook his hand again. I was like, all right, AP, give it to me. And he fucking squeezed the shit out of my hand, Paul. (laughs) Uh, That's a great story. And, you know, I'm glad you said how likable he is because he really is. Your your one-on-one interactions with him, he couldn't be nicer. I mean, the dude's grounded, and you know, I I know he's made some really dubious life choices and stuff. But I'm just I'm telling you, your one-on-one interactions with Adrian are almost always positive, and you just you you walk away going, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. Yeah. All right. I Same think experience. A- a- totally. I think what we should do is uh, yell out some teams and let Paul tell us who we should take from that team. Okay. Just I'm, real quick. I'm gonna go first. Chicago Bears. Go. <laughs> you have one draftable player on the Bears. That's it. That's it. You know, and I, I love. By the way, I mean, I love him, and I think Jordan's gonna have a nice season, and um, I'm I'm excited for him. I've got him up at. I'm looking at my list right now. Uh, Jordan Howard, number eleven, running back, number eleven, on a team that's not gonna score a lot of points. That might be about all I can get. Right. You know, my only worry here is, and and Paul, I'll defer to you. I don't think he's going to catch any passes. He he led the NFL in dropped passes as a running back last year, and then they brought in Benny Cunningham. Wow. You know, Benny Cunningham's a pass-catching back, so that's my worry is in PPR leagues, I don't know that he's going to catch passes. What do you think? I think you're completely right. I, I think he's going way too high. I like how you, you haven't slotted amongst the running backs because in mocks, he's going that high overall. He's going like a – Oh, which is crazy. Yeah, it's he's unfortunately he's still a bear playing on a team that's just not gonna. I know I know the blueprint's gonna be run the ball and control the clock, and hopefully they can do that. But I, you know, I worry there's gonna be a team that struggles to get to 21 points most games. Uh, how <laughs> For about, sure, how about there's the, nothing to worry about. They won't get to 21 <laughs> points. Okay, most games. Okay, all right, all right. Next team, Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Oof. All right. Well. Uh, yeah, we know they're going to run the ball a lot, and they didn't they didn't change their personnel, so we're going to see a lot of Isaiah Crowell. Um, and he's people are I think people figured out he's a pretty good back. Right. Offensive line's not awful. It's just you know it's not great. Quarterback's obviously a huge question mark. I'd love I'd love to see uh, I'd love to see some help at the receiver position, and I was really disappointed that we didn't get um, we didn't they didn't do more to try to keep Pryor, who had been so you know so good with them, very explosive, but. You know, it didn't end up happening that way, and sadly. Um, so, you know, mostly I'm laying I'm laying off Cleveland Browns, but Corey Coleman interests me because I thought he was a good talent. Right. We need him to stay healthy. I'm avoiding all the rest. Of the, I'm avoiding all the rest of the receivers, and it's really just in my mind Corey Coleman and Isaiah Crowell, maybe Duke Johnson at the very end. All right, That's I got it. A, I got a good one for you, Paul. Uh, the New York Jets. 
Oh. <laughs> Why are you picking the three worst offenses in the I'm NFL? Trying, oh, I'm trying to give these teams and their fans some, uh, you know, hope. Give them some hope, Paul. Anything for the There's Jets. No, the, the hope is for the draft in 2018. They're pl- they tanked. The, they're tanking this season in New York. Okay. They they are doing. They're starting the NBA tank job early. So if you see year. somebody take somebody from the Jets, they're a moron. They're done. Tell, all right. They're not. It all depends on where you take them. But the, okay. in my mind, there's only a couple of guys you can even take, and mostly it's just Bill Powell, who I they was painfully underused last year, and I hope he's the, the workhorse this year. And then poor Matt Forte, Paul, as you know. I mean, Hall of Fame style career yeah. for, for for the for the Bears. Right. And to go out this way is sad. I do you think, Paul, yeah. will Matt Forte hang it up partway through the season? The team's like 0 and 8, and he's like, you know what? I don't need this anymore. And he just walks away. Do you think that could happen? I don't think that'll happen. I, I think he's a couple weeks into training camp. And, you know, it's the one thing the Bears have done right in the last 10 years, personnel-wise, is getting rid of him. And it didn't yeah. look very smart a month last year, did it? No. I mean, no. He, he started off great. And then you're right, Powell was the better back. So I, I could see him retiring as training camp starts. I think that's a cool point that you made. Um, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe he's just like, you know what, we're not, you know, he, he'd like to win. You know, how about Jets? Why don't you release me so I can go to a team that, you know, maybe, you know, the lead runner, you know, something happens somewhere and go to a team that has a chance to win. I don't yeah. know that he finished. I don't know that he finishes the season with the Jets. Agreed. All right, AD, get one more question in. Let's let Charchian, let's let him do lunch here. Let's uh, let's get out. Yeah. Yeah, Paul, honestly, we really appreciate the time. Um, tell us what's with Fanball today. Obviously, as I mentioned, I'm an old school guy. What put the site now? Yeah, so we're relaunching Fanball with many of the same people. Um, you know, you can hear it. A lot of the guys you see out there were with me in fa- at Fanball, it, you know, 15 years ago and, and even beyond that. And we've brought those guys back um, because we want to bring back the things that made Fanball great. The, all the content that we talked about earlier, um, we've got season-long games, and now we're going to stick our toe into the, the daily fantasy waters with something a totally new approach, and it's this. We think a lot of people play daily fantasy sports and they enjoy playing it, but they lost. And then they tried again and they lost. And they tried again and they lost. And playing it's really fun, but losing constantly isn't fun. And you're mostly losing because you're playing against experts who are flooding the contest with thousands of entries. So they've got more right. skill and they've got more money. And that's just not fair. So we've invented the fanball number. The fanball number says, Paul, Joe, we've watched how you play. And we're putting a number to your skill level. Joe, you're 35. Paul, you're uh, 50, let's say. I'm just, you know, not saying <laughs> yeah, let's it. Say it. Let's do it. Not saying it, but it could be. Take it. Take and that, Joe. That's right. And so, Joe, you know, then for Joe, we make sure he plays against other people who are rated in the 35s and they're near him around 35. And, Paul, you're going to play against guys that are more like 50s. And now if you want to play against more skilled people – We'll let you, but you'll know you're doing it. And but we don't let them come down and play into the into contests against lesser skilled players. A guy who rates as an 80 or 90 can't play against Joe at a 35. So we're we're the first site that's really making sure you play against people at your skill level, so you can have fun and just not lose all the time. <laughs> Very smart business plan, Paul. Uh, we're tired of losing to bots. 
and uh, we want to have a little fun instead of losing all the time. Yeah, that's not asking too much, right? I mean, the game's fun. The game's fun. Losing isn't. Right. We're here to help win more often. Well, that's uh, that's fantasy talk. Maybe uh, you and AD can have a whole uh, conversation the next time together. In Omaha. In Omaha. Well, we're going to meet him. Paul, you got to let me know next time you're here. I'm serious. Absolutely. Now, you've been to the Drover, right? Oh, absolutely. Best steak in town. Best steak in town in a steakhouse. All the people that really know Omaha go to the Drover. You know, uh, you know. Yep. I'm not knocking uh, whatever Prime Omaha or whatever. I'm going to the Drover. That 1970s look, the low ceilings, the right. <laughs> you know the wall. You've definitely, you've definitely been there, Paul. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's, I love the Drover. That's where 80 takes all of his Tinder dates. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Guys, hey, they like meat. What can I say, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> they like the beef. <laughs> All right. That's guys, it. It's been a blast. I think thanks we'll end so it there. Much. All right. Thanks, Love Paul. It. Thanks, guys. Right. Thanks a lot. Take care. Paul. Uh, Paul 80, uh, thanks for calling in from your mom's basement. <laughs> it's cool here. You're on She's your, got the AC cranked way down. You're on your phone, right? No, I'm on my laptop. Are you Look. really? Is the is the reception Wait, bad? That's what you want to see. Was oh, it's terrible. I'm gonna hang up. Hold on, hold on. Before you go, was was my call choppy? Oh yeah. It was. At certain points, yeah, it was mine. Oh, oh yeah, real bad. So was yours. <laughs> His wasn't bad though. Uh, I don't know about that. We'll have to watch the tape. All right. Shit. Well, we got the podcast anyway, so if the video sucks, then uh, at least we have the the, uh, the the podcast. Yep. All right, I will. Uh, I'll get back with you here in five minutes or so. Perfect. All right, see you.